Chamisha Ba'av, Tu Ba'av, is considered one of the greatest festive days of the Jewish calendar. The question is why. The Gemara gives us various suggestions, but one of them is really intriguing, the day of breaking axes. What is that? And what's the great celebration associated with it? It actually just seems to be a technical moment in the annual process in the Beis HaMikdash. So the Mishnah tells us at the end of Maseches Tainis, Mesecha is also a sim on Maseches Tainis, that there were no greater festivals for the Jewish people, like the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. So the question is, why bring the Gemara? So the, the Gemara brings a whole lot of different suggestions as to why Tubav is such a great celebration. One is, One explanation is that the Shvatim were allowed to intermarry, because remember, after Tzlavchad's daughters, there was a moratorium that you could not marry across the tribes. Another explanation is, After the horrible story of Pelegash Begiva, there was a, a sanction against the tribe of Binyamin. Nobody could marry from the tribe of Binyamin. That was lifted on the 15th of of. And Yom Midbar, it's the day that the people stopped dying in the desert. The Gzeira after the spies, that they were all going to die out in the desert, stopped on the 15th above. Yom Shibitel Hayyashev ben Allah Prusdoya Shahishiv Yeravim ben Avata Hadachim Shalayal Regal. It was the day that they got rid of the, the security guards who would prevent people from going to Yerushalayim to serve in the base. I mean, something that had been initiated by Yeravim ben Nevat, that's why he's considered somebody who caused other Yidin to sin as well. And some saw of Brent the Gemara, and then eventually the Gemara, sorry, Yom Shenitnu Haruga Beitar Likvura, it's the day that the people of Beitar who had been left exposed after the massacre by the Romans were eventually allowed to be buried. And some saw of Brent the Gemara, and then eventually the Gemara brings this explanation. Rabbi Rav Yosef, Rabbi Rav Yosef, who very often debate things in Halacha here, agree that this is the day they stop cutting wood to use for the Marocha for the wood pile on the Mizbeach. And the Tanya Rabbi Lezagod Oloimer, and they quote a Bryce that Rabbi Lezagod said, that from the 15th of Av and afterwards the summer starts to diminish, so the power of the sun is reduced. And therefore they would no longer cut wood for the wood pyre, because the wood would not be as dry as it was before. And then the Gemara concludes that conversation by saying that Rabbi, Yosha, Rabbi Nashia says they called it the day of breaking the axe. Now, but the other Friedrich time is verstanden for was the Tag is angenommen geworden als Yom Tov. All the other explanations give a good reason why we turned Chamishas above into Yom Tov. Because something positive and something useful happened to the Jewish people. For example, either it was the bitl vehefsek fun agzera voinesh, either there was something negative, agzera, decree, a punishment that was suspended, like Yom Shekolabim may say, Midbar, they stopped dying in the desert, or Yom Shekolabim may say, Midbar, they stopped dying in the desert, or the, 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 the obstruction to going to the Beis Amikdash, Yom Shalit Nuhargo Beitar now they could eventually bury the murder victims of Beitar. So either it's because something negative was removed, or because something that had been lacking in the community was now uh, resolved, Yom Shalit Hashvatim Lovah Zebazek, because the Shvatim couldn't intermarry, or Yom Shalit Shavit Ben Yomin Lovah Bakol, or Shavit Ben Yomin was welcomed back, in, back into the fold. So those all make sense, and you can understand the celebration associated with them. What's the big celebration of no longer cutting wood for the Mizbeach? The fact that that's the day they stopped cutting wood, we have to understand what's the big positive aspect of stopping to produce wood for the 
for the Mizbeach. Why is that positive? That we're going to make this into a great festival and not just any Yantav. To the extent the Gemara says there are no greater Yantavs that compare to this date and to Yom Kippur. For what? This is a day you stop doing something that is for the value and contribution to the base Amigdash and you celebrate it as a Yomtiv? And then you have Rabbi Nashi who comes along and says, Stopping to produce wood for the Mizbeach is a Zain and Nalev, is a Zniker B'Shem, is so important and prominent that we give it a special name. We rename the day, the day of breaking the axe. What are you celebrating over here? To me, it's not starker, and what makes this even greater, of a, more of a question is, if you go through Rabbi Eliezer, God's explanation, why they stopped cutting the wood at that point, is because the sun's power is weakening, well, that's also not a reason to celebrate. So you're now associating a festivity with something of the natural order that is weakened. Having a strong sun is important, valuable, not only for the world at large, but specifically for this job, to be able to have dry wood that you can put onto the Mizbech. And now you're celebrating the fact that we no longer have that opportunity? And the most surprising thing might well be the fact that all the other suggestions are brought by one individual at a time, whereas this subject of <coughs> no longer cutting wood for the, for the Mizbeach is brought by a, a, a group of sages. Rabbov, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Nashia. That's quite different to the others that were all single opinions. And that implies this mashma, as there is a tamikri of the simch of Yom Tov for The fact that a whole lot of sages explain that this is why Chamishos Abav is a Yom Tov, that implies that this is a very important and central reason to why it is a Yom Tov. I'll call Ponimer from the under time him, and certainly more of a reason than even the other things that were explained, which are such important things. They stopped dying in the desert. The people of Bitar could, could be buried. They could go to Yerushalayim. The tribes could marry. Obviously, there's no debate going on over here. It's just a question of what their tradition was. So there are multiple reasons why Chamisha Sabaav is such a special date. But why does this one get so much focus on a whole lot of rabbis collaborate on it? So Rabbeinu Gershon b'Firush is zokt. So we'll first see an explanation given by Rabbeinu Gershon, which is as the Chshivas from Yom Shaposkim l'Chesayt in the Ma'arocha. He says, "Look, what do you think? As soon as the people stop cutting wood for the Mizbech, they could go back to doing what they're supposed to do, which is learn Torah." So he says, "Isval the Fishah hayasukim l'Chesayt atzei Ma'arocha." The period of time that that group of people was involved in chopping wood for the, the wood pile that was going to go into the Mizbech during that time. They weren't learning Torah as much as they could have. But that day they stopped chopping the wood. And they turned it into a yom because now we could go back to the books. We could learn Torah again. So the Rabbeinu Gershom's explanation now makes sense. Ah, we're celebrating not so much the fact that we're no longer preparing wood for the Mizbeach, but the fact that we can go back and learn Torah. The Rajbam Whereas the Rashbam says, no, there's a completely different explanation. It's not about what they are going to do. It's about the fact that you celebrate the completion of a mitzvah. 
He says, They were happy, they were joyous on that day that they concluded the annual chopping of wood from the Mizbeach. Because now they had completed a really important mitzvah. So, the Rajbam's view clearly is that the Simcha is because you have now completed a mitzvah kashem and that's not surprising to us because there are other mitzvahs like for example you complete learning a, a, a sechta of Gemara or something like that and you make a great celebration. So we have two opinions. Rabbeinu Gershom saying the celebration is because you can go back to learn Torah. The Rajbam saying the great celebration is because it's a siyum. You've completed a mitzvah. You can actually understand why the Rashbam prefers to say that they're celebrating that mitzvah rather than celebrating going to do a new mitzvah or renewing the commitment to learn Torah. is because there are a couple of issues that you might have with Rabbeinu Gershom's explanation. The first is, If the whole celebration is that you're going back to learn, why doesn't the Gemara mention it? All the sages who speak about the fact that it's a yontif because they stopped cutting wood, they don't say anything about the fact that it's a yontif because they went to learn. And even though the Gemara does immediately afterwards continue by telling us that now the nights are starting to get longer and therefore that if a person therefore adds in Torah learning because there's more time, then Hashem will add years to their life. That That's another independent statement. It's actually a, an instruction to us. It's the time of the year we should be learning more Torah. It's not an explanation for why this is a Yom and it certainly does not highlight the, the point of stopping to cut wood and therefore having a holiday. It's telling us reality. This is when the, the, we've, we've passed the solstice. We're now going into the, um, into the period that, that uh, there's more time to learn. And the other thing is, this is a lesson for every single Jewish person, not only people who were busy cutting wood up until that point, and especially since we're talking about the fact that there's more time at night, well, nobody was chopping wood at night. So actually, the fact that the nights are getting longer doesn't have a material impact on the people who were chopping wood. So that would explain why the Rashman would prefer to say there's a celebration over completing the mitzvah rather than saying there's a celebration about going to learn because it doesn't seem to be what the Gemara is talking about. And second of all, base says, Nit the Rashman would much rather say that we're celebrating the completion of a mitzvah than celebrating the fact that while we were doing the mitzvah, it detracted from something else in Judaism. So those are the two explanations. However, we still need to understand something, which is, the fact that the Rashbam says they have a big celebration because this is a big mitzvah, it would seem that what the Rashbam wants to tell us is, he wants to tell us that this is, obviously you celebrate the conclusion of every mitzvah. Why is this a big yontav? Because it's a big mitzvah. Right? Like the Mishnah told us, there's no festival really that compares to this one. Why? Well, it's because it's a really big mitzvah that they finished. So if that's the case, we need to understand. Why is cutting wood for the Mizbeach such a great mitzvah? Actually, when you think about it, it's actually not even a mitzvah. 
Surely cutting wood for the Mizbech is only a step to prepare for the Mizbech that will follow, which is to bring Karbonus on the Mizbech. And even the, the, the Mitzvah of lighting a fire on the Mizbech, well, you're not doing that right now. You're just preparing for it. You're making sure that there's enough wood around that you can actually fulfill it. Even if you want to say, well, it's a big celebration because we're completing a mitzvah, let's look at other mitzvahs that we complete, like completing a Sefer Torah, which is also a big deal. Yes, we celebrate. Yes, it's a massive celebration when you celebrate the Sefer Torah, as an example. But nobody's going to say it's the greatest Yom Tov of the year. So we still haven't quite worked out what is so unique about cutting or no longer cutting wood for the Mizbech. It makes it into this mitzvah gedolah or simcha gedolah. We haven't quite got a handle on it. So in Divrei Rav Nashev, Magal. Now, let's look at Rav Nashev because he said something which is really intriguing, that they renamed the day, the day of breaking the axe. And the two explanations, what he means by that. So Toysus and Rabbeinu Gershom say what it means is they no longer need the axe. They finished chopping the wood, they no longer need the axe. But the Rashmam says it doesn't just mean that they don't need the axe anymore, but rather they actually broke the axes because they no longer need them to cut the trees. Was from Pashas the Shonius Mashmas the Shem Tvar Magol meant, and then simply the name of the day breaking the axe means Nit Nor Arayz Bringer as Medaf Menit Kuris Eitzim Zayin Bitten Magol doesn't just mean oh you can take a break from the axe you no longer need the axe Nokipshuta it means literally Matzabrochen Dem Magol Dem Kard and we act they actually went and broke the axes and Azayis Ech Mashma from Pirush Rashi Vos Is Mefores Shviras Agarzim Rashi implies the same thing he says breaking of the axe. On the and you can understand why the Rashbam or, or Rashi would actually want to explain this way. First of all, First of all, the word Tvar does not translate as taking a break from or suspending the use of the axe. It actually translates as breaking. But beyond that, let's say we go with the view of Tosef and Rabbeinu Gershom, that Yom Tvar Magal just means, okay, that's it, we're taking a break, we're no longer using the axe, we'll come back next year, Pesach time, and start again. Okay, so if it just means that they stopped using the axe, then there's no major chiddush of Rav Menashe, because Rabbi and Rav Yosef also told us that they stopped using the axe. He's just saying, and they gave it a name for that. Doesn't sound like a very important reason to give your own opinion. And more importantly, if this is a day that is called Tfar Magal because they're no longer using the axe, well, they're not only no longer using the axe one day, Right? Then there's no difference between the 15th of Av, the 16th of Av, 15th of Elul, Tishrei, Cheshven, all the way to Pesach. They did not chop wood again until the following Nisan. So what's so special about this day that is called the day of no longer using the axe, if it's actually the six months of no, well, more than six months, of, of, of no longer using the axe? 
Therefore, the Rashbam says, actually, Tvar Magol means, as it sounds, they have broke the axes. And that's his Chiddush. Not only like Rabbi and Rav Yosef said, that practically they no longer chop wood. It's a day of this grand smashing of axes. Now you've got to ask yourself the question, what is the great achievement and big simcha that you're breaking axes? To the extent that they named the day, the day of breaking axes. What's the big chap? Plus, there's an alachic issue to, uh, to address. We have to understand, why do you have to break it? Don't we have a principle in Judaism? You don't waste, you don't destroy unnecessarily. Why are you breaking the axes? Put them away, keep them for next year. The fact that you don't want to use this axe for any other mundane activities, we get that. We could explain, because these were axes that were used for a process that was going to lead to a holy process. To chop wood that subsequently would be put onto the Mizbech. And maybe therefore out of respect to these axes, you don't want to use them now for chopping wood for regular fires or for any other purpose. Fine. But why do you have to break it for that? Go lock them away in a room, in a storeroom, and keep them for next year. And you'll chop more holy wood the next year. Why do you have to break them? Now, once we understand this principle of breaking the axes, we'll understand the whole real principle of what the Tubav is really about. But before we can understand that, let's understand how the Mishnah got to this conversation about what is so special about Tuba of because it is contrasted to the difficult period that precedes it, which is which is above. The Maimu for Rabbi Shimon ben Gamriel in the Mishnah, the statement of Rabbi Shimon Gamriel, which was that there's no greater yomta for the Jewish people than the fifteenth of Av. is a continuation of and the conclusion to Mishnah to what that same Mishnah had said about Tisha B'av, which was. That is the ultimate day of mourning on the Jewish calendar. There is no other day on the Jewish calendar that is as sad and tragic as Tishabov. Then the Mishnah rounds off that conversation, wanting, obviously, as we do, to end on a positive note, in them, by going to the opposite extreme, that just as there's no worse or, 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 or sadder, darker day than Tishabav, there's no greater, more celebratory day than Chamisha Sabav. That contrast is key for us understanding what's going on over here. And with that in mind, now when you look at the various reasons that are proposed, why there's no greater Yomtev than the 15th of Av, each one of them has to be a counterbalance, has to be a response to, has to be the opposite extreme of something that Tisha B'Av represents. The easiest one to understand is it's the day when the people dying in the desert stopped dying. That's the end of the decree against people going into Eretz Yisrael. When was that decree enacted? On Tisha B'Av. 
40 odd years earlier. And so this is the reversal of that. We get it. Chamisha Asabav is the extreme opposite of Tishabav. Likewise, in Yom Shenitnu Haruga Beitari Kvura, the fact that the victims of Beitari who were murdered on Tishabav could be buried is again the reversal and the counterbalance to what had happened on Tishabav. So in these things, we'll say something about Nigur and the Tikkun to the two Yonim was Betishavav Nigzalav. Essentially, you can't say Oretz Betishavav Nigzalav Dab Beitar. So these are things that are the counterbalance to and the neutralizing of negativity that happened on Tishavav, whether it was the decree in the desert or the destruction of Beitar. So those we understand easily. Umbenegah the other timeim. What about the other explanations? Dasha timeim was the Gemara brings Yom Shehutru Shvatim Lava Yezebos. The very first suggestion by the Gemara was it's the great celebration of the fact that the tribes could intermarry. So to endek the uphold from loisisev nachlan mimatel matacher. This was the reversal of the moratorium that Moshe Rabbeinu had put against tribes intermarrying after the story of Tzlafchad's daughters. Why is that relevant? The fact that the tribes could intermarry was blocked so that pieces of land that belonged to a particular tribe would not be transferred to a different tribe. Now that that was lifted, it allowed the full-blown settlement of Israel to happen on their Farah Asa'ub Yomtev, and that's why it turned into a Yomtev. How does it allow the full-blown settlement of Israel to happen? What was lacking before? So the Bir Bozeh means as follows. As long as we were concerned that you can't marry somebody from a different tribe so that you don't transfer property that is the, the uh, heritage of your tribe to a different tribe. Which meant that each portion of Israel had to remain locked into the particular family it was originally allocated to. That means that if I have a piece of land, I don't really have absolute control and ownership over that land because I can't sell or transfer it to anybody I wish. I can't sell it or transfer it or marry and therefore transfer it to a person from another tribe. So there's a limitation, a statute of limitations on my control of my own piece of land. And if I'm a Jew with this piece of land, because that's my Shevet, I have nothing to do with the rest of Eretz Yisrael. There's no way that at any point ever in history can I have any claim on any other part of Eretz Yisrael. Each Shevet had their allocation, and that's it. It was like this whole series of bubbles, and everybody lived in their bubble. What happened on Tuba of when that response, uh, when, that, when that limitation was removed, suddenly there's this access that every single Jewish person has to be able to fully control their piece of land. So I could theoretically transfer it to another tribe using the correct processes. And therefore, every single Jewish person has a finger in every single piece of Eretz Yisrael. And this also gives us insight into the two possibilities of how we as the Jewish people come to own Eretz Yisrael. Is a boyfriend show Yerusha, an inheritance that we inherited from our forefathers? Or boyfriend show Matona, or is it a gift that Hashem gave us? And both of them are relevant. The fact that we have access and a claim on Israel because it's our heritage. And Inheritance really only plays its role when the inheritance is given to the heir. Is Well, that's where it's all about this piece to that group and nobody else inherits that piece, right? Like a, like a will. This person gets that asset, that person gets that asset. 
So from the Yerusha perspective, there's still a limitation on people's access to Eretz Yisrael. Whereas, mitzad inin amatona fun Eretz Yisrael, the fact that the Ebershah gave us Eretz Yisrael as a gift, is adara, but kol anoysen be'ayin yofen noysen. The principle of a gift is, you're generous when you give a gift. Nelson ha'kol undinasin is bishle musa, the Ebershah wants to give the Jewish people the whole land in the most perfect way. When afila be'i sa'yusuf and loysi sev nachla, is das nor vasari hu deravi alei. And therefore, even at the time where there was a prohibition against the transfer of land from tribe to tribe, it's not because we didn't belong or have access to the land or the Abish didn't want us to have it. There was a so-called crouching lion that was blocking us from access to something that really belonged to us. And now on tuba of that, blockage was removed. So therefore the ultimate movement of the Jewish people to settle the land of Israel where every single Jewish person has a level of control and access to every other part of Eretz Yisrael was always there in principle but came to the fore at the time where the Shvatim were allowed to intermarry that happened on Chamisha above. that's a great celebration we now have absolute access to Eretz Yisrael even though we know that there are five significant tragedies that happened to our ancestors on Tisha B'Av, which is why it's a day of mourning. And the first was the tragedy of our ancestors being blocked from access to Eretz Yisrael. Even though that's the first event that happened, we all very well know that the primary reason Tisha B'Av is a day of fasting and a day of sadness is because of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Therefore, which is supposed to be the counterbalance and the neutralizing of the negativity of Tisha B'Av, has to speak to the success of the Beis HaMikdash. If Tisha B'Av is the loss of the Beis HaMikdash, Chamisha Asabav has to represent the ultimate state of the Beis HaMikdash. And that's why you have multiple sages commenting on a reason which emerges as the key reason why the 15th of Av is a celebration. Associated with something that happened in the Beis Amigdash and most specifically the fact that they no longer cut wood for the Mizbeach. So the first thing we have to know is the celebration is to do with something that is associated with the construction of and the fulfillment of the purpose of the Beis Amigdash. And that is the counterbalance to the destruction that we recognize and commemorate on, t- on Tisha B'Av. But let's go a little bit deeper into this. What does it mean that the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed? Well, there's two elements. There's the fact that the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, and then there's the cause, why the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. And both of them are relevant to our conversation. In Churban Abayis, on the Zayinah the two elements to the destruction. The Churban Abayis. So that's the one element. There is no base Amigdash currently, and therefore we're lacking various kinds of Havoida. So the counterbalance to that on Chamisha Asabab is we speak about Havoida. But more importantly, why was there destruction? The destruction of the second base Amigdash, which is much harsher because look how long the, that goddess has lasted. We well know that the cause of that destruction was baseless hatred in the Jewish community. So, is the counterbalance of both things. It neutralizes the force of destruction and the cause why there was a destruction. And we'll see that most pronounced in the reason that this is the day they stopped chopping wood for the Mizbeach. How would that show us the end of this Sin Aschinam 
and the fact of, well, the restoration of Avoida we could see because it, it obviously speaks about Avoida in the Beis Amigdash. So, to understand how this speaks to the core of what Tisha B'Av is all about and what caused Tisha B'Av, let's focus on one more nuance in the language. Why is it relevant over here when we're trying to explain why they stopped cutting wood at this point in time? The proof that this is a time of the weakening of the sun, which is why they no longer cut wood because it wasn't going to be so dry. If no longer cutting wood from the Mizbech is a reason to celebrate Chamisha Asabav, fine. But why do I have to know? Why this is the date we stopped cutting wood? Because of the weakening sun. When you think about it, the reason they stopped cutting wood wasn't because of something special that happened. It was pragmatic. You can't cut wood if it's not going to be good for firewood. And at this time of the year, where there's a cooling off of the, of the weather, the wood's no longer going to be suitable. What's the big celebration about the fact that practically you can't get good wood right now? So the Hezbo was the Asiyane Senes. The truth is, that's exactly the point. We have to bear in mind, having a storeroom, a storehouse full of wood that is available for the Mizbeach, is the only thing that allows us the possibility to bring all the various personal or communal carbonists all year round. Personal offerings that each person is responsible for. All the communal offerings that we all contribute to, we all have a part in. And certain carbonists even atone for us as individuals as well. Without the wood, we wouldn't be able to do any of that. So that puts the wood of the Mizbech into a very interesting category. Providing the wood, which obviously you do by chopping it down, to be able to have the capacity to bring carbonists is a form of tzedakah. Now, Tzedakah is a really big deal. The Al-Trebbe in Tanya tells us, firstly, that Tzedakah is the equivalent of all the other mitzvahs. And the whole Gemara in Yerushalmi always uses the word mitzvah generically to refer to Tzedakah because it's so central. And if a person fit, uh, fulfills the mitzvah of Tzedakah in the best way possible, then it becomes a great mitzvah. Now here we're talking about tzedakah, not just any tzedakah, this is tzedakah that benefits the entire community, and specifically in the world of karbonis. The fact that it's a donation that's being made for karbonis, firstly speaks to the quantity of how much tzedakah this is. Think about it. This is a tzedakah that is going to benefit and impact every single Jewish person individually, and communally, right? By virtue of the fact that you could bring carbonus. 
On Saigadus Be'echos, that's the quantity. There is really no other tzedakah that affects the entire community, plus the quality of what kind of tzedakah this is. And under Sug tzedakah, this is a unique form of tzedakah. Venit de Christus Eitzim Biz, Tezvav Biov, is Nachtemnito Eitzim Horoyim Lemarocha. This is a tzedakah where if you didn't do it in the time frame before the 15th of Av, there would be no access for any of us to be able to bring Korbanos. So it's a really important, like if there was a hierarchy of tzedakahs, this would be a really high tzedakah. That explains Rabbi Lezar Godel's statement. This is the time of the year where the sun starts to weaken. So there's not going to be suitable wood. So to be able to have provided that wood before Tishabav and before Tubav and to get in, so to speak, before the due date. That's a huge achievement. Now, having that wood allows the Beis HaMikdash to function at an optimum level and fulfill its purpose. Why do we have a Beis HaMikdash? The Rambam tells us. Binyan Beis HaMikdash is this. The Rambam tells us in the beginning of Hilchus Beis HaBechira, the purpose of having a base amigdash is to bring carbonos. Without the wood, there's no purpose to the base amigdash. What is the day on the calendar when the base amigdash is secured to be able to fulfill its role for another year? The 15th of Av. Because that is when we complete the process of preparing all of this wood. Therefore, now the Beis HaMikdash is ready to fulfill its role and to bring the Karbonis. At the very least, until next Nisan, the Beis HaMikdash can fulfill its role. Big Yomtev. We have brought the Beis HaMikdash to its purpose. Without this wood, we couldn't have done so. So that's, that's the argument put forward by Rabbi Rav Yosef and explained by Rabbi Eliezer HaGadol. Adding to that, if them is most of Magal, he says not only is this a fact that they stopped cutting wood for the Mizbech at that point, but they renamed the day the day of breaking the axes. As mit nhefsek krisis eitzim tutzichof noch atifre inyan in shleimus from binyan abayis Rabbi Nashi is telling us not only do we bring the base amigdash to its fruition because now it can fulfill its role there's enough wood to bring the korbanos there is a deeper layer of fulfillment of the purpose of the base amigdash that's happening over here nit nor vos durch der mitzvah doyle vet baiis asha muchon liyos makriven boy ha korbanos not only is this this massive tzedakah that's taking place which benefits the entire Jewish community and brings the base amigdash into its role there's more than that. Axes are highly symbolic in the context of the Beis HaMikdash. We know the Mishnah Zogt, the Mishnah tells us that metal may not touch the stones of the Mizbech. And if there is metal that touches a particular stone, it's disqualified and can't be part of the Mizbech, says the Mishnah, why? Because fundamentally, Iron is designed to shorten human life. At that point in history, weaponry was all iron. And the entire reason the Mizbech was introduced and created was to lengthen human life. Therefore, you don't put something which is the opposite of life close to the place that is the source of life. How does the Mizbech lengthen life? Because we do tshuva, bring korbanos, and that lengthens our life. 
says, look what's going on over here. It's not just the day that you stop chopping wood, you actually break the axes, at least according to the opinions of Rashi and Rashbam. Breaking that element of iron. Ramanash is telling us the greatness of the 15th of Av is not only now that the base Amigdash is prepared. You've got this mitzvah that you can now do on behalf of everybody. Bring all these korbanas. Which is why, you know, don't touch the axe. You don't use it for something mundane. It's kind of lost its purpose. And Rav Nasha says the greatness of the day is not only because there's this massive act of tzedakah that has been fulfilled and it will benefit the entire community. In fact, the greatness of this day is not only the fact that the Beis Hamikdash can now serve its purpose. No, nochmer, something far deeper is happening. He says, we're not only fulfilling the uh, capacity, the potential to have a Mizbeach and to have a Beis Amikdash that can fulfill its role, but we're actually facilitating the ultimate purpose of that role. What's the ultimate purpose of the Beis Amikdash and the Mizbeach in particular? The Mizbech was designed and created to extend human life. How? By bringing Karbonus, that extends people's lives. And that is something emphasized on this particular day when they stopped chopping the wood. Even before you put the wood onto the wood pile, which is going to happen daily all the way until Nisan, in the Tvar Magol, something so powerful is happening over here, the axes are being broken. This is a day where the Mizbech is in such an intense state that it destroys and neutralizes the symbol of the opposite of the Mizbech. The iron that is designed to shorten human life is neutralized, is dissolved. That's why they actually broke the axes. This axe no longer has a role to play in helping us to run the Mizbech by chopping wood for the Mizbech, which is so positive. Therefore, all we see now looking at this axe is an ordinary axe, which could be a weapon, which has iron designed to, God forbid, curtail life. Therefore, it makes sense. We should break it. That's the greatness of Chamesh Asabov. Now, we did say that Tishabav, the cause of Tishabav, was disparity in the Jewish community. And therefore, the principle of Chamesh Asabov, which is the counterbalance and the, the neutralizing of Tishabav, is unity in the Jewish community. Which removes and corrects our baseless hatred of that time. So you could actually see it in how the Yantav was celebrated. How was it celebrated? 
the girls of Yisraelim went and danced in the vineyards. Despite the fact that all the girls were in different groups and classes. Some of them had physical beauty. Some of them had great lineage. Some of them didn't really seem to have anything to present. That we'll see in, later on in the Gemara, we'll quote a price that tells us this, and nevertheless, they, they all danced in one big circle in absolute unity. That's the whole purpose of Hamisha Asabav and what corrects and removes the negativity of Tishabav. Not only did they have the unity in standing in a circle, look at the extent of their unity. They all wore white clothing and they borrowed from each other so nobody should be embarrassed. The Gemara tells us how this worked. A princess would borrow clothing from the Kohen Godel's daughter. And the Kohen Godel's daughter would borrow clothing from the deputy Kohen Godel. In other words, each person's borrowing clothing from a person who's one step lower than them on the hierarchy. There's an amazing thing going on over here. People of elevated status have to request, maybe even beg, and borrow from somebody of a lower status than they are. That is incredible achtus and unity. And that is then reflected in the absolute conclusion of Masech Tainis, where it says, The Ebesh is going to make a big circle for all of the Tzadikim, and the Ebesh is going to sit amongst them in Gan Eden, and everybody's going to point and, see, and, and indicate that they can actually see Hashem with their own eyes. As the Pasuk says, and on that day everybody will say, this is, this is our God, we see Hashem. That will be the time where the entire Jewish nation, every one of whom is considered a tzaddik, will come to Zaman together. As the Rebbe explains in Asicha in Chelik Yutes. And then we'll see the ultimate state of breaking and smashing all of the axes worldwide, as Yeshayon Avi tells us. They'll break their swords into plowshares. No nation will raise a sword against another nation. And then we'll have the ultimate bracha of extended lifespan. Particularly we who are called Adam. Absolute <coughs> life extension in the time of Tchias Amesim by something that will apply to every single Jewish person, as the mission in Sanhedrin tells us. Every single one of us will be part of this great circle, this circle of joy and of dancing that the Ebishter will make for us. It should happen immediately.